What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 350. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from PhillyVoice.com. With me, as always, Brandon Lee Gowton, LivingGreenNation.com. Going to get to the Eagles-Buccaneers uh, preview, uh, starting with the injuries. But before we get to the injuries and all that good stuff, Brandon, where can I find the finest meat snacks in the land? The same meat snacks that the undefeated... Philadelphia Eagles reigning NFC champions have at the NovaCare Complex fueling station. You can get those by going to righteousfelon.com and you use discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. A lot of different options between the beef jerky and the biltong and the meat sticks. And they have non-meat snacks available if you don't eat meat. You can also get dog treats with the same discount code. Uh, attached to rightsofselling.com, their dog treat vertical, wildrangerpet.com. So even if you're going to use the excuse that you don't need snacks or you don't eat meat, well, I'm sure you have a dog and they want some snacks. So you can use that same discount code BGN15 for 15% off wildrangerpet.com in addition to righteousfelon.com. Jimmy, as you mentioned, there is a somewhat lengthy Eagles injury report to get to. 12 players listed when they issued their first one on Thursday. Usually the Eagles, most teams issue their first injury report on a Wednesday. That's because the Eagles are playing on Monday night football. Of course, this week, the Eagles uh, have not issued their Friday injury report as we were recording this at 2.31 on Friday, September 22nd, but still worth parsing through, I think, and figuring out where this team is at. I guess what concerns you the most? What concerns me the most right now is that I'm looking at my injury report and I spelled Terrell Edmonds' last name incorrectly. How did you spell it? <laughs> I spelled it with an O instead of a U. <laughs> no, you're thinking of, isn't that like Chase Edmonds? Yeah, yeah. Buccaneers yeah. who they just placed on IR? So, oops, uh, I just fixed that right now. But uh, they had three guys that didn't practice at all on Thursday. So that's the good news. There's only three. There's nine of the guys that were on the injury report at least did were at least limited participants. Edmonds' uh, illness, so he'll, you know, almost certainly be ready for uh, Monday night. Boston Scott in the concussion protocol, again, back up uh, with him. And then Quez Watkins with a hamstring. Um, and again, they have uh, Alameda Zacchaeus who can fill in for him. Quez Watkins, you know, a quasi-starter, uh, but, you know, not uh, probably the least important, not probably the least important starter uh, on the offensive side of the ball and a guy that can competently come in and replace him. So they're not in bad shape in terms of the guys who didn't practice at all. Of course, as we mentioned in depth uh, during our last episode, 
uh, Avante Maddox's season is over. Nicobe Dean remains on IR, so he won't be back until at least week six. So those are the two injuries that remain, Nicobe Dean and Avante Maddox. I'm I'm pretty sure they're going to trade for a slot corner at some point because the the solution isn't going to be to play James Bradbury in the slot the rest of the season with Josh Job coming off the bench and playing outside opposite Darius Slay. That's just not it's not a reasonable like solution long term for this team. And I'm not so sure that Mario Goodrich is the long-term solution either. So I do think at some point they're going to deal for a slot corner. They may have to, you know, kind of weather the storm for a little bit until some of these teams around the league, you know, kind of give up on their season. And they're not going to do that, you know, this early in this. They're not going to do that in September, unless you're talking about a team like the Cardinals or something like that that are actively tanking. Uh, but you're not going to find too many teams that are just going to trade you like a starting caliber slot corner at this part of the season. But those are the guys that are that you really have to worry about. Should I just go down the rest of the list here, the limited guys? Well, there are a lot of big names on the limited list, so yeah. sure. Yeah, so it's uh, Reed Blankenship. Uh, Ribs, he practiced. Uh, no, I mean, again, like I said, they're all limited. But in the locker room, he had like um, he had like extra padding on his ribs. It's on mm-hmm. the right side of, of uh, his torso. Um, James Bradbury. Pra- I, yeah. I had noticed that uh, Zach Berman said that uh, he talked to Reed and Blankenship and Reed said he, he thinks he would have been able to play if it was uh, a Sunday game in week two instead of a Thursday ah, okay. game. Um, yeah, so he's almost certainly going to play. James Bradbury also almost certain to play uh, in the concussion protocol. But once he's, once they have, once guys that, that are in a concussion protocol have a helmet on, they're going to play. And that was the case in practice. Fletcher Cox, Ribs played on Thursday with the same injury, so he's going to be good to go, I would imagine, on Monday night. Uh, Zach Cunningham, Ribs, that's new. Jordan Davis, ankle, that's new. Kenny Gainwell, Ribs, missed the last game, uh, but again, he should probably be good to go. And even if he doesn't go, then that's almost maybe a good thing <laughs> for the Eagles because then they won't be uh, tempted to use him over DeAndre Swift, who is uh, very clearly the superior player. Devontae Smith. With a hamstring slash thigh injury, I don't mm. think you're keeping that guy off the field. Uh, Jack yeah. Stoll ankle and Josh Sweat with a to- Josh Sweat's injury. I noticed during the game, and okay. he came he came up gimpy and limped off the field during the game, and he continued to play in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so did Reed Blankenship week one after he after he hurt his ribs. He continued to play and looked fine. Josh Sweat continued to play after he injured his toe and again was fine but um you know we'll see the one that would concern me i guess would be josh sweat here but i think he'll but i think he'll go i think all nine of these guys that were limited participants are all going to play on monday night so many ribs issues like what's that about (laughs) it happens every year happens every not ribs necessarily but every year there's always one injury where there's like four four or five guys that have the same injury yeah, what's up with that? And like different positions too. It's not like oh, it's all defensive linemen or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and different sides of the ball. Kenny Gainwell, Zach Cunningham, Fletcher Cox, Reed Blankenship. Not great that Zach Cunningham is banged up when the Eagles already have what just three linebackers, off-ball linebackers on their fifty-three man. But I agree. Uh, it seems like at least most of those players, if not all of them, will be suiting up, albeit perhaps at less than a hundred percent. I do think the safety situation, yeah, Reed Blankenship is going to start. And I think we'll see Justin Evans as the other guy like we saw in week one. Yep. Terrell Edmonds had a really small role in week one. I only think he played like 12 snaps or either very small role. I think he's going to go back to that uh, with 
Blankenship and Evans as the starters in there. Will we see more of Sidney Brown? In theory, we could, but I still will not fully. What are you doing, by the way? I hear you. I was looking for my window open. Oh, (laughs) I didn't have the window open, so I couldn't see. I just heard a lot of shuffling around. A lot of rustling Um, around. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of rustling. So uh, what else on the injury note? uh, Yeah, Boston Scott, the fact that he didn't practice, we'll see what happens with him. You know, concussions are uh, you have to see what kind of happens there because they have to be independently cleared. It's not like a player tough it out or medical staff right. clear him decision it's an independent thing so and if he's not then the eagles would be uh having deandre swift kenneth gainwell assuming he does play and um rashad penny would i assume be active again um for this game if boston scott's able to go then we will not see rashad penny again and even if penny does play i'm sure we will not see too much of him considering the coaching staff doesn't seem to love him i do think that is something that has been maybe under discussed with their shot penny thing in terms of, I think that's just a guy that the the front office likes more than the coaching staff there. There's like a gap there. Yeah, it could be. I think, I think sometimes people like don't fully uh, um, appreciate that because you assume like everyone's pulling in the same direction, but that's not always the case. There's right. players that the coaching staff is going to like more than the front office and vice versa. Uh, so I think that's kind of what's been happening there, but Otherwise, um, nothing too crazy, too concerning getting James Bradbury will be back. I agree with you on, on the slot thing. It's not like you put him in there full time and he's just you're your hundred percent of the time nickel cornerback. I think they're actually gonna experiment a little bit with both Bradbury and Mario Goodrich and kind of see how that goes and and try to figure that out. I think that is also just what Sean Desai does in general, right? Like I think we've seen that from him as a general theme, he kind of experiments with things. So I don't think he's just married to one thing and he's definitely going to stick with that unless it goes great as much as he's going to experiment with that a little bit. And uh, we should flip it over to the Buccaneers injury report, Jimmy. Um, missing first round pick, Kaliza Kansi, it looks like, who has not been able to play since getting hurt in week one. Right. That's the Bucks 19th overall Calf pick. injury. Calf injury. He was a he was a pretty common, it was pretty popular uh, guy that was being projected to the Eagles in mock drafts. Not yes. the tenth pick, but with the thirtieth pick, and then he wound up going nineteenth, uh, mm-hmm. like you just said, uh, to the a little early in my opinion. But um, apparently, he played pretty well in training camp in the preseason games, as far as I know. I didn't watch that any of that, obviously, but apparently he was looking pretty good. So they, you know, it's a, it's a notable player. He started week one. He was good. He played well enough to start for the box week one. Mm-hmm. And then there is uh, limited... Servaccia. Oh, is that yeah, his name? Dennis yeah. or Denise? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I feel like his teams. name has to be pronounced like it's. it looks like Dennis on paper. But when you have a cool name like Servaccia as mm-hmm. your first name. And then your last name can't just be Dennis. I feel like it has to be like Denise <laughs> or something like that. He kind you know of has I mean? a last name, first name, and first name, last name. That's right. Uh, limited participation. And by the way, I should note that this is, I think the Bucks injury report from Thursday is the same as Friday, at least according to, I'm looking at Greg Allman um, from mm-hmm. uh, Fox Sports. Love love noting, a Greg Allman. Noting that um, Carlton Davis Buccaneers starting quarterback who I believe was unable to play in week two and uh, starting safety and former Eagle Ryan Neal, who is listed with a ribs knee issue and Vita Vea, uh, who is listed with a pectoral issue. They're all limited. We'll see if they get upgraded to full at all 
they are participating in Friday's practice to some extent. Uh, would be a big deal <laughs> if there was no Carlton Davis. Feel like going yeah, up Vita Vea too the, is uh, you know one of the best players at what he does uh, in the NFL. Yeah, he's like your template for Jordan Davis, and th- yeah. like, like that's what you draft Jordan Davis, hoping he can be something like Vita Vea to yes. some extent. Yeah, so okay. the two really notable players on the, on their injury report, but they also have uh, three guys on on uh, injured reserve who are noteworthy, like Ryan Jensen during twenty twenty two training camp. I mean, this injury is crazy. He tore his ACL, MCL, PCL, meniscus, and he fractured his tibial head and cartilage. Mm. <laughs> That's like one injury. It's crazy. And then Sounds he somehow, painful. he returned in six months to play uh, in the Buccaneers' home playoff loss uh, to the Cowboys. He rushed back, which turned out to be a bad decision. Um, because he now has complications from his knee surgery and his career is probably over. So filling in for him is going to be a guy that drafted recently in Robert Hainsey. I think he went to Notre Dame. Uh, Russell Gage, their number three receiver, is on IR, played for four years with the Falcons, signed with the Bucks last season. That was a guy that was like averaging around like 700 yards per season for the Falcons. So like a solid number three. Last year for them, he had 51 for 426 and five touchdowns in 13 games. Uh their number their new number 3 is uh probably their their rookie six-round pick Trey Palmer. Uh he's got three catches so far this season so not much of a threat there. And then the aforementioned Tra- Chase Edmonds, who's their number 2 running back. Uh he's also on IR. He has four carries this year. They're running game their rushing attack uh offensively. I I don't think we're even going to see it. Like they're barely going to run the ball at all against the Eagles this week. We'll get to more of that when we get into the matchups in the second segment. But um, the Eagles have done a great job of stopping the run this season. And in one game, the Vikings didn't even really try because they don't really have a good running game. And I doubt the Buccaneers really try all that much this week. Hmm. Is it almost better? Like if they would try? You know yes, what I, mean? I think like, it would be. Yes, like it negates an Eagles' strength in the sense almost a little bit in that it's like then the team isn't going to waste plays, you know, with runs. Yeah, much. no, I I think the more they run it, the the those are wastes of downs, in my opinion. Because they don't have okay. it. I mean, they've their running back is Rashad White, who is fine, like, as a... As he's more of, like, a Kenny Gainwell type, where he's not going to have many explosive plays, but he has some ability as a pass catcher out of the backfield... He's just kind of a guy, <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. it. That's all. They, like that. That's their rushing attack, and then their offensive line without Ryan Jensen is not the dominant run blocking unit that they were, you know, during their Super Bowl run. Usually, we have like a more newsy segment up top, but we just recorded a podcast a couple of days ago, and the Eagles. It's also been like a little bit of a lull with the mini buy, and not a whole lot of. Juice, I think, heading into this game, the biggest thing I would say is the A.J. Brown fallout still being discussed in terms of uh, A.J. Brown made comments about uh, what happened on the sideline between him and Jalen Hurts and basically said that uh, it wasn't about targets and they're good. They're not beefing at all. Nothing shocking from that. Uh did you make anything what he said? Well, he got he asked said? a question unrelated to that. And then he cut that question off and he <laughs> said, statement. 
I want to, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to, you know, say something before we even get going here. And yeah, I wait, thought who, he was very wait, who truthful. the heck is asking him another question about anything else other than that? <laughs> I know who it was, but I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to, I won't say it on the, I'll tell you later, mm-hmm. but, uh, but no, it, he, he cut that question off. And surprisingly too, because it would be the kind of person that I would, say <laughs> yeah. would, would ask about the, you know, the, the very, the, he would the, be like, oh, phew, wow. <laughs> Maybe they're not going to ask about it. <laughs> right. Uh, but no, I thought he came, I thought he was honest. And he said like after the game, he couldn't, he felt like he, because he didn't talk to the media after the game was over. He felt like he couldn't because he was too emotional. Yeah, but if it, if it's, how is it a non-issue if you got, you know what I mean? Like you're kind of betraying your answer there. If it's it's not a big deal at all and it's nothing, then why did you get so worked up about it where you would have to actually leave? You know what I mean? That yeah. Those things are, don't match up. I don't know, man. I really don't think I it's don't, a big deal. We talked about it. I don't think it's <laughs> yeah. a huge deal. I do wonder what it was if it was not about targets. I do think that was an interesting awareness. You know, obviously Eagles PR preps these guys, but I do still think that was an interesting awareness and admission that he addressed that. He like preemptively addressed that mm-hmm. criticism. So I thought that was like a little bit interesting that he brought that up. Um, I think AJ yeah. likes to control his messaging too. Like you'll see him on Twitter respond to things saying like, no, that's wrong. What I, here's, here's, you know, what my thoughts are on this. He's done that before, and not in a way where, like, he comes off badly, like he's searching his name or something like that, like Jalen Rager style or anything like that. Or but he's th- saying one thing and then directly contradicting it later and saying the media took it out of context, like Justin Fields. Yeah, yeah. He's not doing stuff like that. He's just saying, you know, what his thoughts are so that there's no ambiguity Um um, you know what, what he's saying or whatever but so i think like that's sort of when it and you know his him you know taking the time to say hold on let me address what you know you're gonna ask me up front uh kind of is an example of that um i actually do think there is very notable news not necessarily with the eagles but it's eagles adjacent and that's well, like, i want to get to that later oh okay that well, we'll we may as well that. just do it now as long as <laughs> i have it written down oh, we'll get to I, that we'll, we'll get to it you have it on we'll the show notes I didn't, I didn't see that there it's not in the notes. It's in within the pick section because we're going to talk about that uh, team okay. anyway. All right. Uh, well, I don't want to get to it yet. I'm just going to say because now they're going to be one. It's Trayvon Dix. He's done for the season. We'll, we'll talk about our analysis of that. I just figured it makes sense to talk about it when we talk about the Cowboys. Okay. Fair uh, enough. I want you to tell me, Jimmy, where I can buy, sell, or rent a house. Well, you mentioned ribs earlier, all these Ooh. rib injuries. I think I've told this story in the podcast before, but I'll tell it again. Not everyone listens to every episode, but... Um, I love the line from Anchorman where he, you know, Will Ferrell goes, like in the, in the opening credits where he's, he goes, ribs. I had ribs for lunch. And he's picking his teeth and he goes, that's why I'm doing this. So I say that all the time. Like around anytime someone says, anytime ribs come up, like it's a food or whatever, I will say ribs. I had ribs for lunch. That's why I'm doing this. I think ribs. When you get them right, when they're done like well, I think it's one of the hardest things to beat. I don't think if you, if you get ribs and you get like the the best version of a rib, like elite ribs, fall off the bone. What can like what can you really put above that? I think that's a very hard thing to beat. Ribs are really, very really good. Good ribs. I'm with yeah. you there. So I turn that into a song. Like I, like I would just you know around the house, I'll be like ribs. I had ribs for lunch. That's why I'm doing this. <laughs> okay. So you mentioned Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. Yeah. She was out with a client one time and somehow that came up. Anchorman in some way came up and she's, she referenced the part in the movie 
where Wolf Farrell sings ribs. <laughs> I had ribs for lunch. That's why I'm doing this. And they're like, they're like, what? <laughs> he doesn't sing that during the movie. She, apparently, Kristen Roach, Roach Realtors, thought that that was because I sing it all the time around the house. That ribs, I had ribs for lunch song that I made up on my own. She thought that was actually in the movie <laughs> and sang it, funny. sang it for her clients while they were looking at houses one time. <laughs> and they're like, what? That never, that's not in the movie. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you're into hijinks when you're looking for to buy a house, uh, call Kristen Roach at 856-906-9295. Brandon? I think that speaks to Kristen Roach being fun and approachable yeah. and can laugh at herself. Sure. And that's the kind of realtor you want to work with, right? Someone who's like, you know, going to do a good job, but also maybe doesn't take themselves too seriously. You know, it's having a good time. Trying to get you a good deal. It's a normal person. <laughs> yeah, she's back a normal person after, specializing after, in realty. Back after this. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Property Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Back here on BGN Radio, Jimmy, let's get into the Eagles offense versus the Bucks defense. I feel like we have to start there in part because I think that's the biggest question. Yeah. With the Eagles as a whole, is can this passing offense get back on track? And specifically, can they do it against a guy who has stymied the Eagles offense, specifically with Jalen Hurts in the past, and one of the better defensive minds in the NFL, I would say, as a head coach, maybe not the best head coach, but certainly as a defensive coordinator, defensive mind, Todd Bowles is one of the best. So can the Eagles get back on track? Terrible in-game decision-making by Todd Bowles over the years as a head coach, like doesn't understand. I mean, just doesn't follow analytics punts on like fourth and short in like plus territory, that kind of stuff. A little better at that apparently this year. Um, But yeah, he has put together, you know, excellent game plans for Jalen Hurts in the past, most notably uh, in the playoffs uh, following the 2021 regular season. And I think what he seeked sought to achieve in that game was to take away the right side of the field. Um, you know, sort of had extra coverage on that side, took it away as a first read. And then from a pass rushing perspective, if Jalen Hurts was going to escape the pocket, he sure as hell was not going to escape it from to the right side. Like the Eagles once upon a time had a similar game plan for Michael Vick in the mm. NFC championship game, if he was going to escape the pocket, they sure as hell were not going to let him escape to his left. Um, they they forced him right. And they really kind of ch- kept tried to keep him in the pocket. Anyway, Jalen Hurts is uh, a very different quarterback then than he is now. So that, you know, Todd, Todd Bowles isn't going to go back to that game plan and, mm. and, you know, resuscitate that. Because it won't work. Like, there's no point in doing that. I don't that. know. This this version of Jalen Hurts has looked, looked a lot of like the 2021 Jalen Hurts. Yeah, but, early but on. the game plan is going to look more like what the Patriots and the Vikings were successful with and doing, you know, successful doing to him 
these first two games, you're going to see a lot of three man. Jalen Hurts is going to see a lot of three man rushes the rest of the season because they're hard to complete passes against. And it does, it achieves two things. It, it's going to lower your completion percentage. And then it's, those guys are all going to be looking at them because uh, when you're dropping eight, they're typically, you're typically in a zone. So they're all looking at them and it's hard to make plays with their legs when you have eight guys back, typically faster guys on the field at that. And um, it's just hard. To, it's just hard to pick up yards with your legs as a quarterback when, when you have, when, you know, eight guys on the defense are looking at you and waiting for you to make your move. So he's going to see a lot of that. And then he's going to see, I think against the blitz, he's been good. Um, mm-hmm. And that's sort of where the Eagles have gotten their big plays when, teams of you know when these first two teams have have brought heat so we may be seeing less of that but they're he's going to mix it in i'm just i i I mean i won't even venture any guesses to what todd bowles is going to do but it's they have talented players on defense and i'm sure it's going to look a lot like what the patriots and vikings did and i'm sure he'll have you know his own wrinkle or two in there as well yeah i think the bucks almost got a little bit of underrated because tom brady left and it's like oh and they weren't you know amazing last year but you look at their defensive roster i mean you're talking about vita vea shaq barrett who had a what like a game-winning kind of pick six last week on yeah the fields devin white levante david uh drew tryon Troinka, carlton davis if he plays seems like he might ryan neal antoine winfield jamel dean like this is love jamel dean not- and antoine winfield by the way two two like i mean winfield i guess isn't lesser known jamel dean is a lesser known player was very good but those are like that's a lot of talented players there that's certainly an above average defense at the yeah. very least and you can kind of you know and again mix in todd bowles and the coaching there like that's a that's a good unit and a formidable unit and a unit that um has not allowed a lot of points through two games they played the vikings and the bucks so I definitely Bears. think it's Bears. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. And they did not play themselves. Correct. <laughs> and it's tough. It's tough to look at that group and be like, well, this is the week. The Eagles offense definitely gets back on track to the three man front point. I mean, the other part of that is some teams more so than others are. It's not that they want to get all run all over, but they might be willing to invite the run a little bit more if it means like limiting explosive plays. Jonathan Gannon's MO to an extreme level, but there is some, you know, credence to that. If it means that you're forcing the offense to methodically move the ball down the field and potentially have to go on long drives where they could get sacked by set back by a penalty or there's more plays. So maybe there's a tip ball at some point and there's a turnover something like that. Um, If, yeah, if, if you've seen the Eagles struggle with what Belichick and then a Belichick disciple, and Brian Flores do, it feels like you would want to recreate some of that to some level because why not? <laughs> it's giving them some problems. Uh, but uh, it's tough. I think it's, it's a tough matchup for this offense. Yeah. I mean, at some point they're going to break out of this. You'd, you'd assume like they're not going to go the whole season in this funk that they're in. They're going to figure things out at some point. And, you know, coming off a Thursday game and heading into a Monday game, they have four extra days of prep four extra days of self-scouting, four extra days of getting healthy, et cetera, et cetera. So if there is a game that makes sense for them to kind of start figuring things out, shake off some of the rust or whatever you want to call it, it could be this one. We'll see. I will say, to keep it really simple, one thing they did in week one that was wrong that I really harped on last week, Kenny Ginwell, for example, 
like having eight the same amount of touches as you get Goddard and AJ Brown mm-hmm. and the other stuff. How about just get the ball to your talented players? They figured that out a little bit with more swift in week two. And certainly they got Dallas Gargett, Goddard targeted more than one time. Mm-hmm. So uh, just maybe just make let your your good key star players make some plays, give them chances to make plays and trust in them. I think that would be part of my strategies, just as opposed to you don't need to be manufacturing touches to Quez Watkins, who probably won't even play. But in this case, replacing him, Alameda Zacchaeus or Gainwell. Like, no, no messing around with that. Just get the ball to the most talented players. And then I think things will kind of figure themselves out a little bit. Spoiler, A.J. Brown's going to get some early targets. <laughs> they're gonna Spoiler, they're going to get him involved early. Uh, so, yeah, you want to move it over to the uh, defensive side of the ball? But yes, but before we do, I want to talk to you, Jimmy, about wrong crowd beer company wrongcrowdbeer.com delicious beverages adult beverages that they have there at wrong crowd including the quarterback factory which i'm sure is a line you might recognize a lot of other options as well uh jimmy and i had a great time when we went out and met a lot of you there at wrong crowd beer companies hq in westchester pa so stop on by Get yourself some Wrong Crowd beer. Look for it in stores locally if you can find it. And if they don't have it, as Jimmy says, ask them what the deal is and and tell them. Tell them that, hey, uh, if you get some Wrong Crowd beer here, I'll I'll buy it. Yeah, and or else I'm going to go take my business elsewhere, exactly, sir or ma'am. <laughs> well, don't sound so threatening, but definitely <laughs> bring up that, you know, hey, what are you doing? Get it in here and I'll buy it and you'll like it. We feel very confident about that. WrongCrowdBeer.com. Charlie is uh, sleeping here on the floor behind me, and he's breathing very heavily, and it's kind of mm. like a wheezy kind of breathing. So I would like to just point out, I don't know if you can hear it in the microphone I can't or hear not. it. I don't know if our listeners can or not, but it's not me. It's not Brandon or or I breathing weirdly into our microphones. It's Char- 100% Charlie. Well, once we get the Isn't video right, buddy? Yeah. going, we can prove that. I'll show but you. Until now, people will just have to take your word. There he is. Jimmy is flipping his camera down <laughs> to Charlie. Charlie's such a good boy. He's just a very old man who likes to slowly move around and yeah. be a good dog. Eagles defense versus the Bucks offense, Jimmy. Baker Mayfield, are you buying or selling him? He's looked he's looked good through two games. He's looked good. I mean, what are you going to say? He what, what can I say? He's, he's throwing the ball well. He's completing passes. Before you know, before we get let me let me talk Ron first, and then we'll get okay. to Baker Mayfield because they're going to be one dimensional in this game. Because like I said, they're not going to run the ball much. I mean, they're the first of all last year they were the thirty second, they were dead last in rushing offense last year, and so far this year I think they might also be. Um, they've done almost nothing on the ground so far this year, so it's it's a continuation of last year when they were dead last in the NFL. And as we mentioned, the Eagles are the number one. Rushing defense so far. Um, played one team that wanted to rush it a lot, the Patriots, and another team that did not. So, again, they're not going to run the ball much because they can't, and also because the Eagles are good at defending it. So they're going to see a lot of – they're going to see a very pass-happy offense in the Bucks, And why not? Because they have Mike Evans. They have Chris Godwin. Um I mean, that's what they got. <laughs> like, I guess it's just, I was going to keep going, but those are the two guys. But they're, it's a very good duo. It's like one of the better duos in the NFL at wide receiver. And Baker Mayfield has had a good start to a season, obviously, with the first two weeks. He's got two wins under his belt. He's made some plays with his legs in addition to his arm. 
and he's done a good job of not turning the ball over. Now he's had some like weird plays, like weird risky plays, like some like sidearm kind of like underhand type stuff that like, you know, that have actually worked for him. They've turned into positive plays, but unsustainable style of play from him and, like and, the and we, Josh Allen, Carson Wentz kind of like yes. WTF volatile volatility, <laughs> but also not the same talent level as either of those two guys at mm-hmm. arm strength wise uh, to, to make sort of the plays that he will, he wants to play. So yeah, I think that maybe the narrative around Baker Mayfield just being this horrendously bad player was mm-hmm. a little much because he's got talent. I mean, he was the number one overall pick when he was for a reason he can play it's, but he's just kind of bounced around from team to team. There was a span of like 200 and something odd days where he's on four different rosters. So it's kind of crazy that he's bounced around to the degree that he has. And there's a reason for that too. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know that I'm necessarily a straight buy or a straight sell on him, mm. But I'm more negative on him still than I would like if I wouldn't want him as my quarterback if I'm, you know, if I'm a fan of the Bucks. But I'd be I'd be pleasantly surprised with the way he's played the first two weeks because he's made some really nice throws. He hasn't turned it over. And like I said, like he's actually escaped pressure quite a bit and made plays with his legs and has like he's done a lot of things to sort of inspire his teammates like you know, barreling through defenders to get first downs and stuff like that. Mm. Those guys love to see that kind of stuff. So he's kind of played with some heart, which, uh, you know, I would appreciate if I were a Bucks fan, but I don't see him. I don't, at the end, when this, when the 2023 season is said and done, I don't think anyone's going to look back and go, wow, Baker Mayfield made everyone forget about Tom Brady. (laughs) I don't think that's going to like so far so good, but. I don't think it's, you know, once they get through 17 games, it'll be like that. I do agree, obviously, as most would, that he's not going to be the same player who is off to the hot start. But I would also say the hot start isn't meaningless and a total mirage. Sure. I think it speaks to this is the upside. This is his ceiling. This is, He is capable of doing this. Now, how long will that last? We'll see. That's not as viable. But he has this kind of upside. I remember watching that Rams game he started last year, and I thought that was really impressive to come in on like he yeah. did on like a short week and play what on Thursday night football. And, he, you know, it wasn't like a 500 yard passing game, but it was like for relative to just getting there and playing for a terrible, lifeless Rams team. Like, and there's something to be said for like, I feel like how much his, his teammates who had just met him in that moment want to play for him. I think he he brings a spark, a juice. And I think that's kind of like a dangerous thing uh, to be going up against if you're the Eagles in this situation, because this is one of those teams that um, like they don't know. They don't think they're bad yet. Like they're like, oh, they're just playing above expectation. Right. They feel like they're playing with house money. That's kind of that can be a dangerous thing. Um, So I, I do think there's something there that doesn't make me like shaking my boots the way playing one of the league's elite quarterback does. But I don't think it's just as simple as like, ah, total mirage, not going to last. He stinks. He's not any good. And typically in the past, I haven't been a big Baker believer. Um, But what I've seen out of him more recently, I do think there's enough there to give the Eagles a legitimate challenge and think this, you know, he can have success. Now, that being said, the one dimensional thing might not help him. Also, his offensive line is going to be yeah. a bit of a it's I don't, I don't think it's as bad as the last two weeks 
That's fair to say, right? I think that's because... right. Yeah, I mean, the interior of the of the Patriots was a complete disaster, and then um, the Vikings they were missing the their center and their left tackle, and yeah. their both of their guards weren't any good. <laughs> so yeah, this is this is probably the best uh, offensive line that the that the Eagles will face so far this season, and yet a lot of issues there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess starting with um, the interior, um, as we mentioned earlier, Ryan Jensen is. You know, his career is probably over. Sorry, I'm just trying to pull up my offensive line notes here, which I'm not finding at the moment. Uh, I could say something right now, but it's yeah. kind of funnier to me to just let you <laughs> That's okay. suffer in silence. Eh, I'm not suffering. It's okay. The, the readers are the one, or the listeners are the ones that kind of wait for yeah, me. Yeah, but the, the, the readers, the listeners' pain should be your pain. <laughs> These are the people right. who support so, you, Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, okay. All right. So left tackle. Um, Tristan Wirfs moved over, moved from right tackle to left tackle this season. So we don't have to hear about how Tristan Wirfs is the best right tackle in the NFL anymore, which he never was. It's always Lane Johnson, but that is gone because uh, he's now their left tackle. Matt Filer is their left guard. He's fine. Uh, totally, uh, perfectly fine starting left guard. Center Robert Hainsey, as we mentioned. Right guard is Cody Mock, who is mm. a rookie from North Dakota State. Um, he's got that hockey smile, right? With the yeah, teeth. <laughs> yeah, he's missing a few teeth. Uh, and yeah, he's he's like, you know, he's your typical lunch pal guy and sort of the kind of guy that they have targeted over the years. Like they have got, they've had a bunch of small school uh, offensive linemen that they've drafted. The, the one guy from Hobart College, whose name is escaping me right now. You've retired I early. I can't remember his name. And they had another guy from a small school was their other guard. And Jensen went to like some Ali small Marpet. school in Ali Marpet. Thank you. Jensen went to some small school in Colorado, I think. So they've kind of targeted these guys. Cody Mock is a rookie and he's going to struggle you know, against the, 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 the Eagles interior offensive lineman, in my opinion. It'll take a little time for – I think he's going to be good, but it's going to take some time for him to kind of get his sea legs in the NFL. And then the right tackle is a guy they took in the second round uh, a year ago in Luke Godicki, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Uh, he was there. He played a little bit at left guard for them last year and stunk. Um, so he moved out to right tackle, has struggled early on for them at right tackle. So it's the right side of the line that the Buccaneers have to be concerned with, with Hainsey, Mock, and Godicki. Um And I think that's a good sign maybe for Hassan Reddick who has not done anything so far this year. I don't know if you put it that way, but um, he's got the thumb injury, which is no doubt hampering the repertoire of pass rush moves that he has at his disposal. But maybe this could be sort of a breakout game for Hassan Reddick. And then, you know, as I mentioned, the interior defensive line has created pressure consistently through the first two games. And I imagine that'll continue here in week three. Going to need it because you're not really counting on your Eagle safeties, although getting Reed Blankenship back is a big deal, I believe, and does help. But still, not really counting on the safeties and the linebackers, as we know, to be strengths. So uh, I think it comes down to, obviously, look, uh, Darius Slay and James Bedbury are both really good, but they're going up against some tough matchups, and depending where they move Chris Godwin. So you're not going to just shut those guys down yeah case in point last week justin jefferson you know is gonna get those play mike evans is gonna get his to some extent it's about 
obviously keeping him out of the end zone as much as you can and maybe limiting some of those big plays. Um, and I think for the most part, though, the pressure is going to be on the Eagles to get pressure. And you mentioned Reddick. He was also quiet at the beginning of last year, which I think most people remember. Mm-hmm. He did have that. He was part of that big fourth down stop that the Eagles had with Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox, I think, officially got credited with the QB hit or whatever. But like Reddick was right there as well to kind of force Mac Jones into an incompletion yeah. and a turnover on downs. So I don't think he's like done. Yeah, know, I shouldn't. I, that, that was a bad choice of words saying he hasn't done anything because like he's he's created he pressure at times. He doesn't have any sacks produced. left. Yeah, he doesn't have right. any sacks compared to like the rest of the Eagles' pass rushers that have all had like sort of wow moments so far. Sure. I think that's fair to say. Um, yeah, but it's really, I think Jalen Carter, really big Jalen Carter game has to step up here and mm-hmm. make his impact felt. Um, I think there's going to be times where he's going up against that Cody mock you mentioned. So, you know, that's kind of seems like a prime opportunity to take advantage uh, of that matchup. I want to point out here the Bucks offensive line grade by pff for whatever that's worth is ninth in the league is it so hmm. that's, yeah it's better than expected now it's worth and fi- it's a worth and filer on the left side that are probably contributing heavily to that i also suspect it to be the case that the time to throw by baker mayfield is also going to be quicker than it is later but let's actually see that yeah he's barely right taken any sacks so far this season if i recall he's correctly. actually it's not he's at Eight two point eight five, which is tied for seventeenth mm. in the league. That's not okay. especially fast. For example, for uh, contract, like to give you context, uh, Tua is the first in the league at two point two eight. He gets out. Of, he gets the river yeah. ball super <laughs> right. quick. Yeah, uh, Jalen Hurts right now is actually at the bottom of the league at three point two five, and that kind of is believable because uh, he's not been super decisive and hasn't been getting the ball out as quick. So kind of middle of the pack there for Baker Mayfield. So, yeah, and the fact that their offensive line hasn't really allowed uh, him to get damaged a ton maybe speaks to them being a little bit better than they're getting credit for. But I think the Eagles has to dominate that matchup, as is the case for any given week. Yeah, rec- Let's talk about the receivers real quick. Like Mike Evans, his career is kind of phenomenal <laughs> like the first nine years of his career he's up over a thousand yards and then this year after two games he's got 237 yards already so 12 catches 237 he's averaging just under 20 yards per catch and he's got two touchdowns um i mean for his career he's almost to 700 catches he's already over 10,000 yards he's got 10,662 he's got 83 touchdowns like that guy might be a hall of famer when his career is over. And yet at the same time, like and there's probably maybe just a small window during his career where like, you'd say who are the top five receivers in the NFL? And he, you'd name him as one of them. Probably a very small window of his career. Where he, that's probably true. And yet like his career is crazy good. Like he's had, he's got four seasons of at least 12 touchdowns and he's killed the Eagles in the past. Like, what the what the Bucks did offensively to the Eagles in uh, that playoff game was they just kept putting Mike Evans in the slot and Jonathan Gannon didn't adjust and he was just killing Avante Maddox in that game, um, which was a severe mismatch. Like, of course, he's Maddox is going to get killed in that matchup. He's five nine, <laughs> Mike Evans is six five, and he's you know he's got no chance against that kind of player. So Evans, Chris Godwin, they're two big physical wide receivers 
and you know we mentioned this this during the last podcast but um i think this is a game where they're fine with moving bradbury into the slot and having josh job come in and play on the outside in nickel that's fine for this week because they match up i think they match up well in that case um against these bigger uh you know more physical uh bully type of receivers it's not going to be fine at some point when they face take like Miami for example it's not going to work against them against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle they're going to need a guy that can that's more of a water bug uh in the slot and can cover that way but for now i think it's a decent enough matchup for uh you know these Eagles corners against these they're not slow i would i wouldn't call them that but against these you know guys that that are winning more with physicality than they are with speed really quick Boston Scott back at practice so it looks like he has a chance to play this week yep um I think that's all we have on the matchup or unless you have anything else no I think that's it I mean I think they do get a little bit of a break this week uh on the tight end front like they faced Hunter Henry and Mike Jasicki week one they get TJ Hawkinson last week he scores two touchdowns mm-hmm. uh this week it's Kate Otten who is a, you know high pick I think it was a two maybe a three uh, a year ago, but certainly not established much as, uh, you know, like a, a killer in the uh, passing game. So I think that takes some of the pressure uh, off the linebackers and safeties to, you know, really have to account for the tight end in this game. Let's take a break here, Jimmy. We will be, what What will we be? You tell Back me. after this. Back here on BGN Radio, which in addition to Right to Sell and Craft Jerky and Wrong Crowd Beer Company and Christian Roach of Roach Realtors is also brought to you by our friends over at Draft Kings. sponsors. <laughs> well, people want to get in on this, Jimmy. We're doing something special here, clearly. Yes. Draft Kings Sportsbook, <laughs> which we have a weekly same game parlay that goes up on the Draft Kings Sportsbook app. Uh, you can find it by going to like there's like a page there should be a page on there where you can see like the Eagles Buccaneers matchup and uh, if you go into that you can scroll through some of the pre-fixed same you can make your own same game parlay of course but you can go to the some of the ones that are there for you they've already been established and we have not hit this year but we will certainly hopefully aim to do that soon this week, Jimmy, as we are cooking up our same game parlay that our good friends at DraftKings Sportsbook will put right on their homepage for everyone to see. That same game parlay is, and by the way, I think we just missed last week because I had Swift touchdown, I had Eagles money line, and I had Cousins at least one interception. So Kirk Cousins mm. kind of screwed the, and, and he almost threw. Slay he, almost had him. Yeah. He, yeah. He very almost threw, yeah. much, almost threw a pick multiple times. So kind of a little bit unlucky there. Two out of three. Obviously, you don't cash if you don't hit all three, but we're very close. So I think we're going to get close here. At this week, at plus 380, I have three different legs. Eagles money line, so Eagles win the game. Mm -hmm. They're favored by five points. I think they have a strong chance to win. We'll get to our prediction in a little bit. I have Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown scorer. It's always typically a pretty good bet because if the Eagles are going to get anywhere and short in goal then you know they're gonna sneak it and Jalen Hurts is gonna find a way to get into the end zone they typically end up doing that at some point one or another or if not you know he's obviously just a threat with his legs in the red zone so you have that in there as well and then you I have the over on 224.5 passing yards for Jalen Hurts Kirk Cousins had 344 passing 
against the Bucks in week one. And Justin Fields, who, as anyone should know, I think sucks, had 211 last week. So if Justin Fields can get 211, you would hope that Jalen Hurts can get over 225. And even when Jalen Hurts struggled against Todd Bowles in the past, in that wild card loss we talked about, and let's be fair, there was a lot of garbage time in that game. But even so, Jalen Hurts had 258 in that game. So I don't think it's really too much to ask, especially with the need for the Eagles passing offense to get back on track. So if all three of those things hit, you can bet $10 to win $38. Uh, it's plus 380, the odds on that. Okay. Uh, and now is the disclaimer, Jimmy, that everyone loves gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort Kansas, licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus, AIDS varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario, see sportsbook.drackings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gambling resources. Okay, Jimmy, it's time for our NFL picks (laughs) against the spread where I had a better week than you last week. I went three, one and one. You went Mm -hmm. the inverse, or not inverse, truly, but the you went one, three, and one. Yeah, that puts me at five, three, and one on the season. You're at three, five, and one. We are both two and zero when we're picking the Eagles games straight up. We I want to start this week by we should have picked this on our last episode. I don't know why we didn't. Bad Mm -hmm. job by me, but the it's not counting into it since we forgot. I think we would have probably both taken the Giants. I would have taken the Giants, and I would have laid the ten and a half or whatever it was. Because they had, uh, I mean, they had Barkley. I mean, Saquon Barkley was out. Andrew Thomas was out. Ben Bredesen, one of their other starting offensive yeah. linemen, was out. Um, I literally did bet on the Giant or Forty ers money line, so I put my money where I didn't touch the spread because I just I'm more of a money line person in general when I bet. But uh, yeah, anyway, we're not I've counting seen these it, like but... good feelings for the Giants after this game. <laughs> like, oh, they really stuck it they they really stuck in there and played well, they played their hearts out they really uh gave those niners a run for them they lost 30 to 12 what are you talking about they get their asses kicked what are you what are you talking about that's crazy they stink it's a bad team i agree also 49ers <laughs> very good still yeah uh on both fronts so pretty not so great though in that game uh especially early kind of got I mean, it together not- a little bit as the game went on but yeah, I'm not all the way in on him, but uh, as a as a team, clearly they're certainly very formidable. The roster is very good for sure, and certainly much more so than the Giants. So that was a quick little thing on them before we get into our actual picks, including the Saints, who are we are monitoring because the Eagles own their 2024 second round pick. Mm-hmm. Saints are two and zero. Their car doesn't really look good, but. Um, they are one and a half point underdogs as they take on the Packers in Green Bay. I'm going to take the Packers. I feel like that line is low. I know the Packers have been banged up, but I don't care. I just think the Packers are a better team than the Saints. Yeah, I'll take the Packers here too. It's the same story for the Saints in their you know, like their post-Drew Brees existence, and that is a good defense, and they have you know good some you know some good players on offense, but they have mediocre quarterback play, and that's no different this year. 2-0 record so far. 
but they've played close games against two bad teams in mm-hmm. the Titans and the Panthers. And I think the, the Packers aren't, I don't, I don't know if they're a good team, but they're certainly better than the Titans and Packers. And they have like a bunch of guys that are, that are hurt. David Bakhtiari, Elkton Jenkins, their statuses for uh, Sunday are unknown. Aaron Jones, probably not going to play. Uh, Jordan Love, however, looks good in my opinion. And I think he looks not just looks good, but looks good in a way that is sustainable. Like he's he's mm-hmm. seeing the field well and he's making impressive throws. He's making plays with his legs. Really like what I've seen so far out of him. Give me the Packers. Like the Packers here. If you're an Eagles fan, you really, I think, have to root for the Falcons because they have an easy schedule this year. And you want you know, that's the team non- you want to play in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> well, that too. And also you want a non Saints team to win the NFC South. So the Saints don't automatically win right. the division. And then therefore your draft pick is worse. You want the Saints to miss the playoffs entirely, or at least not win the division. Certainly miss the playoffs entirely. So I think the Falcons are kind of that team you kind of have to pull for in that regard. Um, you could also say the Bucks, but that's a team that the Eagles play. So certainly not this week. Uh, both taking the Packers one and a half. I mean, that's so low. It's like a, it's like almost a pick them and Packers have home field advantage. That feels like a no brainer to me. I was tempted it's, to it's make just, that line. It's the injuries and, and it's, and it's the Saints but are two cares? and out. The Saints are two but and out. And that, that's why that line, I, gr- I agree. The, the Packers are a very clearly better team in my opinion. I like that bet a lot. So something to consider. I didn't make it my lock of the week officially for the SB Nation NFL show, but I kind of regret not doing it because I feel good about it. See, not, uh, not, we're gonna, I'll go off, you know, we're gonna, getting off topic here. But my lock of the week is Patriots. Over, okay. over the, I mean, what Bill Belichick has done to Zach Wilson in the four games that they played him is cr- like he has had some crazy bad games against the Patriots, and I don't see why that won't continue. I did bring that up as well, and um, it's just hard to envision the Patriots being zero three, right? Like that doesn't that doesn't like really feel. Yeah, like no matter how bad they are, yeah, can happen, and they're not <laughs> bad. Like they're right. a legit, they're a legit team. But anyway, legit, yeah, they're just not what they were. Let's stay in the AFC East, but not talk about the Patriots. We'll talk about the Bills, who are six and a half point favorites at the Commanders. Yep. Give me the Bills. The Commanders have not done anything that's impressive to me. They're two and zero. Okay. If you had to identify the teams that they've played and beaten in terms of like your power rankings, they're what like two bottom five teams in the league, and the Cardinals and the Broncos. Yeah, Cardinals and are... oh, Broncos. Do they beat week two? Yeah. And those are close games. Like no, the Bills. I know Josh Allen, Josh Allen's volatile and that can be a bad thing. And I think people focus on that too much. as like a bad thing in terms of he can get kind of wild. And I get it because he did lose the game for the bills in week one. Like Hard he was about loss. the Jets winning it. He lost it. Like he lost, he, bills had that. The bills just acted normal and just cruise control. Yes. But it's like, no, Josh Allen had to do a hundred miles per hour <laughs> for no good reason in like a 25 mile an hour zone and <laughs> got, you know, caught for it. So I, think though that i'm going to bank on him the other side of the volatility where he can get hot like he did against the raiders yeah and i just think the bills have more talent overall i think the bills win and i think they cover and i'll take him yeah they had their get right game week two they they easily took care of the of the raiders and i think i don't know that they'll easily take care of the commanders the commanders had a decent chance of keeping this close actually i think sam howell has looked better than i expected him to look he made some really nice throws against the broncos it's not like the broncos defense is bad um they certainly have they might have the best cornerback in the nfl in patrick sertan they have guys that can get after the passer um so you know he made good plays against them and then their defensive line is playing at a really really high level it's just that's they don't have much more than than those than you know that so um i do like their chances of keeping it close but give me the bills obviously 
I, you know, I'll, I'll take I'll take the commanders to cover that though. I'll take the six. Okay. And a, what, what did well, you say the line was six and a half? Yeah, six and a half. Yeah, I'll take the, I'll take down. them to cover. Let me mark that down for our record keeping purposes. Cowboys are twelve and a half point favorites against the Jonathan Gannon Arizona Cardinals. Cowboys will be without Trayvon Diggs, who Jimmy mentioned earlier in the show. I'll let you go first on this one. Yeah. So. Um... I mean, they're playing the Cardinals. <laughs> they're going to smash this team. Of course they are. And they're Cardinals red are hot. 2-0 against the spread, baby. <laughs> <laughs> they're red hot. They're, uh, I have them as my survivor pick this week. I don't know. Have you, do you do survivor leagues? I usually like to, but for whatever reason, I was too busy to like get under, under get it in, in time and figure it out this year. I typically do like them. There are some... Like lopsided spreads this week. It's this game. It's the Chiefs, Chiefs Bears. over the Bears and the Jaguars. I think over the Texans. Um, yep. But I love the Cowboys as a, as a survivor pick this week because, especially like for if you're an Eagles fan, it's like okay, you pick them this week while they're red hot and while mm-hmm. it's a game you fully expect them to win. And if they win, you survive. And if they lose, then it's. You almost you're almost kind of fine with it. You just it's like yeah. LOL. They lost to the Cardinals. Um, so this is my betting strategy. I bet money on the Cowboys <laughs> each week for them to win on their money line because then if they lose, it's like I it's like would you're I pay for the ten dollars to see a Cowboys <laughs> loss? Yeah, yeah, of course I would. Yeah, so they're red hot. I think at some point they're gonna have. I didn't expect the injury to Trayvon Diggs, but I did expect an injury at some point to their offensive line, and they do have one so far in. Um, uh, uh, Tyler Smith, uh, the right guard, who is probably, you know, the likeliest guy to stay healthy <laughs> from that group. But he went down. Uh, I don't I, I haven't really followed closely on, you know, when he's expected back or whatever. But it's that offensive line is a ticking time bomb for whenever they do start losing guys because they don't have good depth and uh, they're going to lose guys at some point. And can they adjust? And I'm not sure they can. But losing digs is a big problem because, you know, they have him and Stefan Gilmore who are you know, of one of the best one, two cornerback tandems in the NFL. And actually their, their third corner, Duran Bland is a really good slot corner. I think it was a six round pick for them last year. He led their team in interceptions with five and he got, he actually picked off uh, Jalen Hurts last year. Was it Hurts or was it Minshew? Minshew. Was it a Minshew game. But it was yes. a play where it was Quez Watkins' fault. Like Quez Watkins it was, ran a That was the route. Christmas Eve game. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah, and, and Bland, But Bland made a great play on that. He just basically ran right through Quez and made the intercept. Anyway, they have a really good trio of corners. But what it's going to force them to do is, is Bland is going to have to take on a bigger role as a starter, probably start outside, probably also have to slide inside on nickel. And then the guy they traded for... Noah Igubani, Noah, Noah. Yeah, Noah. Noah I. Whatever it was. Um, Iggy, Noah Iggy. He would probably play outside as the nickel, or they could keep Bland outside and have Jordan Lewis play Mm -hmm. the slot. But either way, they're going to see a lot of 11 personnel going forward because they're going to test whoever that third guy in is going to be. So... Huge loss. I mean, Tray- Trayvon Diggs has 18 interceptions, I think, for his career. In... He has three in at least every season, except for the one season he had 11. He had 11. <laughs> he had 11 picks in one year. So, I mean, they're losing a huge playmaker. And he's got one so far this year uh, against Daniel Jones. 
huge loss for them, obviously. And um, yeah, that, that's going to hurt their chances for, you know, making it to the Super Bowl. It's not the biggest loss that they could have had. Obviously, if they had lost Dak or if they had lost well, like a Parsons. If they lost Parsons, that's then, a big, way bigger deal to yeah, me. Uh, yeah, Parkins, Parsons. What's a bigger loss, do you think, Dak or Parsons? Parsons. Think so, huh? I'm, I'm not trying to troll with that. I'm not. I, yeah, I think he. I mean, I think he's a better player. Number one. Oh, I yeah. I mean, he's one of the he's one of the best players. Yeah, overall in the league. So that's part of it. And second of all, I think he's the straw that stirs the drink there down for that defense. Okay. I don't. I don't think that's crazy. I would say Dak, but I don't think. I don't think saying Parsons is all that crazy. Um. Anyway, uh, they probably lost. He probably would be what the third most important player they could lose. Trayvon, yeah, I would, well, yeah, I would probably. I would like, say I would so. have him over Zach Martin. Yeah, it's it's up there. I do think that you know this makes the trade. CD Lamb, maybe pro- no, CD Lamb would be three for me, and then and then Trayvon Diggs. They're still in a good spot relatively in terms of you still have Stephon Gilmore. Like that's still a nice yeah. thing to have when you lose. Like, and that was not the case last year where it was Trayvon Diggs and whoever else they were trotting out there. Typically, what like. Um, Kelvin Joseph or whoever at mm-hmm. one point, like those guys very much were not good and could have been had in a big way. And their Cowboys are a little bit better. And it's almost the Deron Bland thing almost reminds, or not almost, it did remind me of how like the Cowboys BS thing where like they have a bad situation such as, you know, Romo's injury um, or before him, what uh blood show, whatever. Like they, they luck into these things like these, like, like, you know, Deron Bland late round pick. It's like, Oh, Jordan Lewis gets hurt, who is good. And then they have this, you know, their backup plans go way more crazy, better than expected. (laughs) Even Market Parsons, like they were only using him as an edge rusher because they like ran out of defensive linemen and basically had to play him there because previously they were only really keeping him at off ball linebacker as a rookie early in the year that year. And then they just happened to move him to a pass rusher. And he's like, you know, he's like the new, the modern Lawrence Taylor. Like it's just like it's. It's annoying because it's not like deserved. It's not like they're doing <laughs> smart things that they're like planning out. It's just like they 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 back into it somehow, and it ends up way better than they could ever just work out. So that kind of make, makes me annoyed. Yeah, even that Dak this was is like be their fourth way. choice in the draft. Like they wanted yeah. Carson Wentz, but they couldn't exactly. trade up to get him. And then they, they wanted, wanted Paxton Cook. Lynch, and they couldn't trade up to get him. And then they wanted the uh, Connor Cook, Connor Cook, and they couldn't trade up to get him. So they're like, uh, I all right, fine, we'll take Dak. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so annoying because it's just it's just dumb luck at some level. Like you're so anyway. Uh, watch them lose Trayvon Diggs, and then the next whatever all these cornerbacks will <laughs> right. somehow be even better. Deron Bland comes in; he has 15 interceptions this year because that's how it goes. But yeah, I will take the Cowboys as well. Twelve and a half point favorites. I don't care. That's a big line. I don't care that the Cardinals have covered here. This is a whole different. They're going to destroy that team. And if I'm wrong about it, so be it. I'll yep. I'll take that L happily. That brings us to the Eagles, Jimmy, who are five point favorites against mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Monday oh, is it back Night up to five. Okay. Yeah, that's when it. At least I can refresh it here. But uh, five point favorites in Tampa Bay. Who do you have in this game? Well, it's interesting. That line originally was six and a half, and then it went all the way down to four and a half, and I guess back up to five. So that's a curious mm. shift there. Um, Eagles have not played to their standard, as we mentioned, obviously, offensively uh, so far. But uh, I really don't like this matchup at all for the Buccaneers offensively. I already mm. mentioned, you know, their rushing offense is non-existent. And um, they're going to be one-dimensional from basically from the coin toss, in my opinion. And when 
you have to like when the defense knows what you're going to do. I think that pass rush is going to be able to get after Baker Mayfield, especially on the right side of the Bucks line. Um, and they do have the big physical receivers in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. But again, like I said before, I like the Eagles' chances of defending those guys with the bigger corners that they have in Darius Slade, James Bradbury, and and uh, Josh Job. What's your score prediction? Over under? For, by the I way, think I said is thirty to twenty. 40, it's forty six. So okay. you're taking the over. Yeah. By considerable margin. Hmm. Oh, by four All points. Right. <laughs> uh, well, wait, you said 30 to 24? 30 to 20. Or, oh, 30 to 20, sorry. Okay. So I have the Eagles hmm. covering here, obviously, too. I took the Eagles to not... I, I nailed the Eagles last week in terms of they won the game, but I said they would not cover, and they barely didn't, but they didn't mm-hmm. uh, against the Vikings. I... I think I have to do the same thing this week. I have to be a coward and say the Eagles will win the game, but they will not cover the spread. I think it could be a four-point game at the end there. And I'm going to say that Jalen Hurts and the passing offense, I believe in it ultimately, bigger picture, long-term. And I talked about you know believing in Brian Johnson and needing to get off his back. But I'm also at a point where I think I feel like you got to show me, like show me, show me before I just totally say it's definitely going to happen. I mm-hmm. think it will happen at some point, but I'm not, I'm confident it will happen. I do have belief and confidence in that, but I don't know that I'm confident that I know when that will happen. And I worry about Jalen Hurts going up against Todd Bowles. I don't, and, and I know he's a better player than he was in 2021, but I just said earlier in the show, he kind of looks like that version of himself once again, which is a little worrying. And I respect Todd Bowles as a defensive mind. And again, there's a lot of talent on that side of the ball. So I don't think they're just going to totally, the Eagles are totally going to have their way with that defense after seeing what they did the first two weeks, especially. Maybe they eventually pull away at some point, but I don't think it's out the gate, just bombs away, totally decimating that defense. I would like to be wrong, but until I see it, I'm not going to just assume that happens. I think the Baker thing. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, continue. I think the bigger thing is not a total mirage. Like I said earlier, I don't think that's nothing. I think the Bucs are going to be able to have some success. The Eagles defense has its weak points. Uh, Shil Kapadia tweeted out a stat that was like all the defenses, I think, ranked by success rate. And the Eagles were in the bottom five. They were like 29th or something, which mm-hmm. isn't everything. But I think there are flaws in this defense. And it's getting healthier. Getting James Bradbury back is big. Same thing with uh, Reed Blankenship. But when there's so much pressure on the defensive line to kind of like anchor the defense like that they're capable of doing it but in the event that the bucks can get the ball quick or something like it's also a situation where they might be able to neutralize it a little bit or or if you can't get home well then you're screwed Mm -hmm. so ultimately i think i'm going to take the eagles to win by a score i'm trying to figure out i'm going to say they like barely just hit the over i'm going to say 27 to 23 eagles win with a dramatic late game touchdown Mm. by jalen hurts to who else? A.J. Brown. Okay. Side note, by the way, uh, do you recall like trying to figure out how many, like what the fan disparity would be for the Super Bowl between the Eagles and Chiefs? Um, I don't I did. I don't know if you did or not. What's the question? <laughs> what are you asking me? <laughs> like trying to figure out like what the disparity, uh, like the fan attendance disparity would be. Oh, so, like, there was a company, uh, Vivid Seats, I reached out to this week to see uh, – I'll have an article about this coming up. But um, to see, like, what percentage of the fans going to this game are going to be Eagles fans 
and then they like they looked into their data or whatever, and they came up with a percentage of Eagles fans. You want to take a guess what they came up with? Eighty-one percent. No, <laughs> fifty-nine. Fifty-nine percent. I was going to say sixty-nine, but I thought that might be too low. <laughs> no, fifty-nine percent. So it'll be. Uh, it, they're 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 projecting there to be more Eagles fans than Buccaneers fans in the stands on Monday night, hmm. but not by a huge margin. I don't know how they come up with that data, but that's what they came up with. Well, I think it's impeachable. <laughs> Unimpeachable. Unimpeachable. Or What's did you your mean impeachable? Thoughts? It could be impeachable. Maybe you did mean impeachable. Why, why, why am I arguing with that? Yeah, right. Why am I exactly. arguing no, with what un, you meant? Un, no, you're right. Unimpeachable. <laughs> uh, what do you have in your mind, Jimmy, as a final thought for this week's episode? Uh, oh, man. Uh, I, I'm always unprepared for my final thought. I'll I'll cede my final thought to you, buddy. Okay. Um, I'm looking here. I was buying time to see if it is truly live now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Look, see, you can't see this audience, but see Jimmy here, the BGN logo and this BGN same game parlay I was okay. talking about from yeah. DraftKings, literally right there, the DraftKings right. Sportsbook app. Um, so, yeah, there you go if you want to place a bet on that. Um, looking forward to, I mean, it's been a long layoff. It's a, It's been a weird start to the Eagle season in terms of structure with, uh, you know, going Sunday to Thursday like that so quickly and then having this long layoff that, it's typically a long layoff because Thursday to Sunday is its own thing, but this for the second straight year, for some reason, the Eagles have that Thursday to Monday, which is, that's basically, that's the longest between two games can be played without an actual buy, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it feels weird. It feels weird with the, that kind of gap here, but um, we will get to see. I think normally you yeah. complain about it if like you're, especially this early in the season, but I think it actually luck- worked out nicely for, for I, what the yeah. Eagles have been for two weeks. <laughs> I think it was yeah because they they survived they made it to two and zero but they clearly have some things to work on so yeah uh, and injuries to heal from and injury and I they are getting healthier which is big I think that was kind of uh, underrated pro to their win in week two like they they were really banged up and that was why I was not confident that they would cover the spread that week there was a lot of injuries that they were dealing with but they wrote it out uh, we'll see I think this game is gonna be pretty telling if <laughs> if they lose this game all those concerns in the first two weeks are extremely validated i believe and you go into week four all of a sudden against a washington team that i think is going to lose to the bills as we discussed but god forbid well it almost makes you feel better probably if the commanders win from a sense of there's no way they're starting four or no at that point but <laughs> anyway i'm getting ahead of myself here uh no final thought other than really interested to see what this 2023 Eagles team truly is, because I will say from a vibes perspective, I think they're somewhere in the middle right now. I don't think the vibes are bad, but I don't think they're good either. Last year, the vibes were like so clearly good from the, the get go. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's, that's hasn't been the case this year. And part of that is it's not going to be your year every year. It's so hard in the NFL. It's like to talk about. Yeah, so, in, in in my uh, dumpster fire thing back in uh, July, I like, I equated last year's season to like you know have you ever seen the never ending story? I have not, but I am familiar with references to it because of Stranger Things and other pop okay. culture works. Well, the part where the kid's like riding that big woolly mammoth type thing, hmm. and he's like, "Yeah, woo! This is amazing! 
that was like the entire Eagles 2022 season. <laughs> right? So like uh, this year, there was like I, I made the point they didn't face any adversity at all last year. And to, like Jalen Hurts got hurt a little bit at the end of the year, but they pretty much had the one seed wrapped up, had you know had yeah. to officially get it. That, that, <laughs> they was, needed that was, one. That was yeah. the extent of their adversity that they faced last year until like the second half of the Super Bowl. Um, but it was very clear that this season was not going to be that again because it just doesn't happen that way. So mm-hmm. um, they are facing some small level adversity. They had a two and zero, so it's not that bad. <laughs> but you know, like they're like on the adversity scale, it's still probably pretty low. But uh, they do have some things to work through, and it'll be interesting to see how they handle it week three here. You just have it's such a big opportunity to get everyone off your back. Like this, that's this kind of game. Like or again, or validate all the concerns. But if you just come out and you just prove you're like the superior team, it doesn't have to be a, a forty point blowout. But if you just if you could take control of this game from the get go and you win by let's say even like thirteen points or whatever, and it's never like too threatening of you know uh, a Bucks comeback or anything, then I think a lot of people all of a sudden they're like, oh, Eagles are back. They're fine. They're gonna be good. Go into week four against Commanders, feeling like you can get to four and zero. So it's a really—I just think it's a really interesting point at this point, early in the season. We'll see how it goes. This has been BGN Radio three fifty. We always say the episode numbers don't matter, but they do for like record keeping purposes. Yeah, I feel like you're referencing things. Yeah, yeah and I, you know, I'm a big Jersey number analytics guy, so I like the numbers. I think it's it's fun. Check out all of our wonderful sponsors. As previously mentioned, RighteousFelon.com. Discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Wrong Crowd Beer Company, WrongCrowdBeer.com. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors at RoachRealtors.com. And then our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook as well. You can check out all of our social media information in the episode description on whatever podcast app you use. You can check out my website that I write about the Philadelphia Eagles at at BleedingGreenNation.com, where we welcomed a new writer, Jimmy. I don't know if you saw this. Mm. Our good friend, David Hoffman. Mm. I bring him up because I feel like everyone listening to this, for the most part, at least, unless you've been living under a rock, you know the those commercials, the Liberty Mutual commercials, where there's a guy with like a mustache yeah. and an emu? The Limu yeah. emu? Limu emu, yeah. David is the guy in that ad. Get the hell out of here. Doug, no, no, I'm, not, I'm not joking. Is that I'm right? Bit, and he's yeah, an Eagles he's a, fan? He's writing he's for big, BGN now? Big time Eagles fan. He's writing for BGN. He's going to be focusing on like some community, you know, really uh, interacting with the community online at Bleeding Green Nation. That's so amazing. It's awesome. <laughs> Check out David's articles. Uh, he, he applied for an opening we had. Check out David's articles. He has one up about DeAndre Swift. Like the, the article is titled DeAndre Swift is one of us. He also has an article up uh, about how the Bucks made this game personal in a way by deciding to honor Rondé Barber uh, in this game at a very clear attempt to troll the Eagles. So um, check out those articles. They're good. And hop in the comments and I'm sure David will talk to you. It's a very funny development and unexpected development, but it's very fun. Uh, and then check out Jimmy Kemsky's work at phillyvoice.com. That and- commercial has gotten to the point where like they have – like he he's like a legit character now where they have like the young version of him and the young version of <laughs> Limu the emu like mm-hmm. we're, like they're now like they have they're, they're there's character development at this point yeah. in that commercial series so that's a big deal for 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 Dave you said David Hoffman Dave okay yeah David Hoffman yeah big development Not- for him not an official sponsor of BGN, to be clear, but uh, obviously, you know, good job by David and yeah. what he's got going on. So we're more than happy to welcome him to the BGN family. 
maybe we can get them on the podcast at some point. We'll see. Uh, but that's it for this week's show. We will be back with you either. We're going to, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We're going to either going to record on like Tuesday or later, probably maybe Wednesday earlier, because that'll be the recap show for the Eagles week three game. And then we will be quickly turning the page to the Eagles preview show against the commanders in week four after that. Good. Bye everybody. P G N. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.